Welcome back to Reframe Podcast. Uh, we've changed a few things. Uh, you can see us now if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, you can still check us out on YouTube if you're on the <laughs> accounts. Um, but otherwise, we're changing things a little bit. I've got uh, Kelly O'Mara here with me. And Kelly and I are going to be now co-hosting most of the podcast moving forward. We're going to have some guests come in. We're going to do things differently. But I, I feel like this is a good change. I agree. I agree. I took on... The church started a podcast like, gosh, right? Was it before the pandemic or right when the pandemic hit? It was before the pandemic, but we got into it more during the pandemic. Hit, right, yeah. right. And then I, one night at 2 a.m. was like, you know, it'd be a great thing if I just took it over. <laughs> and so I kind of reached out and I did for a little bit, get it going. And then I'm not quite sure what happened in 2022. 2022 was just a wild year. I feel like everybody found it to be a wild year. Things just started picking back up and we got busy again trying to figure out how to live life as things are opening up again, right? Right, right. And so I just got busy and yeah, I think having the two of us do this is going to make it so much easier and hopefully a little bit more consistent. I agree. Yeah. And I, it's good. Kelly and I have conversations all the time about different tops in spirituality or what's going on in the world or things like that. And so uh, it just feels like a natural fit that the two of us can kind of do this together. And of course, there are people that know a whole lot more about different things that we'll bring in because... Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, it'll help us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, you know, when, when we were kind of trying to decide what um, co-hosting this would look like, um, you and I, we got together we shot one where, you know, I asked you a bunch of questions and you answered a bunch of questions. And then we thought, this isn't really co-hosting. So we turned off our microphones and then we just had a conversation. And how much regret did we have that we didn't have our microphones on? It felt so much more natural just having a talk, kind of like this, right? Exactly. This is more of a talk than it is uh, at least a, an interview and teacher, right? Which is what our roles naturally are. Right. That's what I do for a living. Like yeah. I literally ask people questions all day long. Um and I mean, as a pastor, it's kind of built into the DNA of being a pastor's teaching. That's right. I kind of unpack whatever I hear and we go for it. But right? <laughs> So we're hoping to kind of fight those urges a little bit um, so that it's more of like just a conversation that we're inviting you to join us on, you know, because we've always got something going on in our lives. I know that's true for everybody in the world. I mean, coming off of the pandemic or, um, you know, raising children or, you know, anything in our lives, there's always something to talk about, it feels like. That's right. And if you have any topics you want us to address, um, we could always answer any emails. Uh, you can email Pastor Jason at framework.church and Kelly and I will both look at some of the questions if you have anything or any topics specifically you'd like to hear about. And then we can bring people in based on those topics as well. So Pastor Jason at framework.church, you could always reach out because, uh, I mean, that this is a pretty flexible thing. We don't have really uh, an agenda from session to session other than we talk ahead of time and try to figure out at least a direction we're going to go. And that's what we're hoping is going to be nice about this. It's going to allow us to have the flexibility to bring in questions or, or topics that people in the church really want to hear more about or really want to hear about in general. Sometimes there's, there's things that you feel like just never get talked about. Um, this platform kind of allows that to be in a more relaxed setting. I mean, what's nice is in this partnership, um, I'm layperson number one. <laughs> I have absolutely no biblical training beyond attending church for almost 39 years and, and reading my Bible. You know, God has been teaching me, but I didn't go to any kind of formal training. So, you know, I represent 
you know, Joe Q public. <laughs> and then we get to have the, the pastoral perspective. But on top of that, you've also been in the field. You've been a missionary. You've done all these crazy, amazing things that we're going to get to hear a little bit more about as we do this. And so you bring your own kind of unique perspective. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of having multiple people. Because again, I mean, you're sh- selling yourself short of your experience. But I think at the, <laughs> at the, at the end of the day, um, people don't have to be pastors to talk about this, this stuff. And nor do they just have to be lay people. I think a good combination is really what brings us together because we're part of the body of Christ together. So as a pastor and my gifting and teaching, and I mean, yours in communication, of course, uh, is just two of the facets of the body of Christ. We need more. So that, I think that's why we'll see more people up here, especially to hear from their perspective. And, um, you know, you might not even agree with some of the stuff we say. That's fine. Let me know. Uh, send it to Pastor Jason at Framer.Church, just like I said. <laughs> but uh, I think at the same time, having this type of outside perspective, as we talk about, you know, there might be sermon topics that really pique interest and we spend the time talking about one of the sermons that happened. Um, we obviously could be talking about things that happen on around during the world and um, probably even things that are just happening in our own lives as we're moving forward through this. So lots of opportunities. Yeah, I know God's always teaching me things. And usually I always prayed when I was younger, a couple of things. One, I'm going to give you a warning. Don't pray this unless you mean it. I prayed that my life would never be boring. (laughs) It has not been boring. (laughs) In fact, actually, right now, I'm kind of switching that prayer to be like, okay, God, if we could have a little bit more boring, that would be okay. Um, But I've also prayed that whenever God would be teaching me something, that he would make it like a neon sign clear um, so that I would be unable to miss it. And, you know, that's something that I've been asking God for years, and he's been really good about doing that in my life. And I think sometimes um, we think that it has to be like, you know, God spoke down from the sky and we heard him audibly or, you know, or there's got to be some really, really amazing miracle that happens that shows it. But but sometimes, um, in my life anyway, the neon sign has simply been just a knowing, like a, a sincere knowing Um, part of what kind of got me into helping out with this podcast was like, there was just kind of a peace and a knowing. And so, I mean, there's so many different ways to see what God is doing in your life. Sometimes hearing it from others gives you kind of the courage to trust what God is doing in, in your life as well. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, that whole idea of knowing and trying to figure out what is it that God's got for you is that we're talking about the body of Christ and everyone's giftings. And, um, as you, as you try to figure that out yourself, not everyone really knows because everyone thinks that the end goal is to be a pastor. And if they're not a pastor, they're not doing their job or doing what they're supposed to be doing. But that's not really what the Bible has actually asked us to do. Like the, the epitome of following Christ isn't a pastor. That's just one of the avenues of the body of Christ. The, the, really, the idea is what you just said. The, the idea of following Christ, Christ is looking for the Holy Spirit's guidance. And I love the way you just described it, kind of like a, a knowing, right? I, I often put it as like there's a there's a sudden peace that comes over you, and you're kind of like, oh, this is the right direction. Right. And, and there are times where you get the Paul moment, right? The you know the big loud voice, the talking animals, the the random things like that. But um, that's that's actually not the norm. The norm is the Holy Spirit's guidance in that peace and this unique understanding and clarity that only comes with the Holy Spirit's talk. 
And actually, I have a really good example of that. I was thinking about it this week. I don't know why I was thinking about it this week, but I was. For this um, podcast, of I guess so. <laughs> God's like, you'll need this on Tuesday. Um, but when I, some people know, some people don't. Before I was in the news biz, <laughs> I was a teacher. And I taught in two different elementary schools, uh, one in Whittapitlock, Maine, and one in Orono, Maine. I was K to five in Whittapitlock, which is kind of unique because it, I was literally like Laura Ingalls Wilder. That's what everybody was telling me when I first got the job. They're like, oh, you're going to be Laura Ingalls Wilder. And I was like, yes, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I took my dog as our classroom pet and all of that. It was a very unique year. I taught in Orono the next year. I was one of three kindergartens. That was when I was like, if I really enjoyed teaching this much, one of these options would have made sense for me. Um, but I remember one day I was kind of thinking, you know, am I going to continue? It was kind of getting toward the end of the year when I was in Orono. And I was kind of thinking, am I going to continue on as a teacher here? Or am I going to try something else? I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I don't think many people do at the age of whatever I was, 23. <laughs> um, and I remember I, I got ready to go to work that morning. And as I was walking into the school, just all of a sudden I thought, I will not be teaching here next year. I just knew it. I mean, there was just something in me that said, nope, this is not the, the opportunity for me. And honestly, I was not the strongest of Christians at that time. I was really young. God had only, I'd only just had like my real honest God moment. I mean, I'm in church, I've been in church my whole life, but like the time that I consider myself as saved was a little earlier in the year. And at some point, I think we should probably talk about our salvation stories. I think that would be a great topic to talk about. But um, I was kind of a baby Christian. So the fact that I was even acknowledging, like, I don't think I'm going to be teaching here next year was, you know, in and of itself, kind of a bit of a miracle. So I, I just had, I mean, I hadn't even gotten into the building yet. And so I, I walked through the doors thinking, there's no job for me here next year. There's just no job. And as I walked in, my boss was kind of standing at the back of the big entry area. You know, every school has this big entry area where people come in. And, and she kind of motioned for me to come over. And I went over and she said, I just want to give you a heads up. We need to talk later. But they're eliminating the third kindergarten position, which is what I was in. Um, and it, it had absolutely nothing to do with me. It was that the, the student size was getting smaller. Um, she said, so that job will not be available next year. And it's funny because I think had I not had that moment walking into the school where I just had this, there's no job for me here next year feeling, that probably would have freaked me out a little bit. But when she said that, it was such a confirmation of what I had just felt walking in that honestly, it didn't phase me a bit. I was like, okay, I understand. And I went off and I taught for the day. And, and at the end of the day, I talked it through with my mom and, and God very quickly moved me on to, well, WAGM after that. But it's funny how he knows what we need in the moment. And honestly, I could have just dismissed that um, first feeling of there's no job for me here next year is just paranoia or just me not really being sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but God knew I needed to learn that lesson. And so he had that instant confirmation just moments later inside the school um, that he was going to move me on. So it's so fun to see the ways that God leads us, guides us, you know, walks us through our day-to-day -day stuff, 
when big things come, he prepares us. And he says that, you know, when we need it, we'll have it. He doesn't promise to give it ahead of time, but he does promise in the moment that we'll, we'll have his support there. Yeah, that should have been like a life-altering moment when they're like, your boss basically says, you're not going to have a job next year. And rather than being panicked, you had this peace of mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they ended up opening up an additional first grade, I think, or something, and or one of the teachers left or something. But I knew that it wasn't for me. That job wasn't for me. God had already said, there's no job for you here next year. So I didn't even end up applying for that first grade job. Um, and I remember the, the principal kind of said, why didn't you apply for this job? You know, kind of implying that I would have had a really good shot at getting it. And you know, in in my heart, I knew it wasn't my opportunity. And and honestly, had I gotten that first grade job, my life would look so so different. You know, who knows had if I would have ever had the opportunity to work at WHEM. You know, that was a God thing for sure. So it's it's just interesting. It's so important to always be trying to listen. But honestly, in that moment, I don't even think that I was really trying to listen. I think God just really wanted to teach me in that moment kind of what it looks like to really trust God with the big stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you have to seek that after you hear the, the, the news, like that, mm-hmm. the panic moments and you kind of go, God, what just happened? My life just blew apart. And all of a sudden you're like looking for this understanding and that's when the Holy Spirit speaks. Um, but when it happens beforehand, again, I think those are moments that God is, like you just said, trying to teach us a lesson or trying to confirm us in us something that he's already been trying to teach us. And again, ultimately, the, the glory goes to God, right? It's not. Oh, for sure. It's not something like, oh wow, we're awesome because we listened, or we heard that we're super Christian, so we heard it ahead of time. Like you weren't even or trying I'm to listen. Just, I had this feeling, you know, <laughs> like I had anything to do with it at all. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, God just wants to kind of say, hey, here's something for you. And I, I mean, I've been on both of those sides where I get, mm-hmm. you know, you you get a sense from the Holy Spirit pretty audibly before something happens, and you can follow that. Um, even for me, coming to Presque Isle was one of those moments with Christine and I. Like we we were really actually looking for a different church in a different state altogether when this opportunity opened up and we, we came here because the Holy Spirit's kind of like, you really need to go there. Um, but I've also been in moments um, where there, there were times where I didn't understand what was going on. And especially I've been pretty open in the service here about our journey in Thailand and how we left. And Christine was in a, a not a really good mental space when we left. Um, but that, that, wrecked me for a while and it took a lot of seeking for myself and for Christine to kind of figure out what's going on and it wasn't until we're able to look back and really get that sense that we really felt peace about it and understanding right God had different things for us um I don't think he caused the mental distress that she was there but through it we've been able to actually grow deeper in God which is amazing well and he knows what we need so sometimes he allows things to happen to get us to a point where we learn it's not that he wants it to happen but he knows it's going to happen and he'll he won't stop it yeah yeah that's one of the that might be a podcast topic altogether (laughs) later on but it's definitely one of the nuances about god that uh confuses a lot of people because Mm -hmm. he's an um, like he all-knowing god he knows everything that's going to happen past present future and yet stuff still happens why doesn't he stop it Uh, and so those are the type of questions that hopefully we can talk about more here at some point I don't know if we can handle that topic today, though. <laughs> Might be a little big, but I will say, you know, that I, I'm i not a big resolution person, but I went into kind of a, I, I'm not going to say it's a resolution. I'm just going to say a lifestyle change where I really wanted to be in the Bible more. And so not 
well, I mean, yes, this year, but originally last year, my mom and I um, each got one of the Bibles, um, the Bible in a year. And we read through that last year, which was fascinating. There's so many things that I really enjoyed about that. In that version, it was, you know, every day you read from the Old Testament, you read from the New Testament, you read from Psalms, and you read from Proverbs. Um, and I really liked it. And I, and I was so... <laughs> you know, humbly proud of myself for actually getting through it. Very relieved that I did. I wanted to do it. Um, this year, we're doing the chronological Bible. And why I bring that up <laughs> is because uh, chronologically, according to this layout, Job is um, placed right after Genesis. And so I'm just finishing Job. And of course, that's a perfect example of God allowing something to happen in someone's life. And I mean, you can read it right in the Bible. He, he very clearly allows it to happen in someone's life. So yeah, I mean, when we get into that topic, I think it's going to be really interesting. Absolutely. There's a lot to dive into with that. And, and, you know, there's other topics that we can talk about going through both of our different journeys that we've got some experience in. Um, so I think, I think as we journey on this, you'll hear more about the Holy Spirit, of course, there's a, I mean, where we unraveled one little idea about feeling the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but I mean, that, that layers of the Holy Spirit are so deep and so rich that to be, to be able to talk about that some more, I think would be very helpful as well. Well, honestly, the thing about God and the, really the great thing about God and why you can read the Bible multiple times in multiple ways and get something different from it every time. Um, I could read the same verse at 8 a.m. and read it again at 8 p.m. and have a totally different meaning because of something that happened in my day. I mean, God is infinite. There's no way to exhaust the topics that you can actually cover about God because he's infinite. There's no way to exhaust it. I mean, think about eternity. We're not going to be bored up there. We're going to be, like, learning more and more about God every day. There's no end to his well, awesomeness or amazingness, you know? And so we could do thousands of podcasts and never exhaust talking about the Holy Spirit. We could never exhaust talking about um, who Jesus is or um, even just Bible reading because every day, depending upon what's happening in the world or happening in our lives, it changes. That's right. And that's why, like, when we say, yeah, I'm a pastor and I've studied it, well, I'm, I'm still learning about God. I have. In fact, one of the cool things about moving to different countries is you actually see a different view of God through the lens of the people you're now working with. And it's to the point where like in Thailand, we were reading about um, Jesus and Peter once, and and it was the whole idea of feed my sheep. And as they're, as they're going through, um, I guess I always pictured Jesus like, scolding the disciples through the lens that I was reading. And if you haven't watched it, The Chosen is great. It brings Jesus in a whole new lens anyways. Um, but like Thai people never saw Jesus like that. Like in his, in his communication with the disciples and they read through some of this stuff, um, they laugh and joke. And so like one of the Thai people were like, one of my mentors, he, he basically said, um, here's how I hear it. And he started like acting out this whole scene. And he's like joking. He put his arm around. Peter and they're like laughing back and forth and he's making fun of him. And I'm like, I'm watching this whole thing unravel, realizing that my God in my mind is so small and there's such a bigger God that I don't know yet. 
and so learning from the Thai people, from the Croatians that I've that I've been ministered to, and different some of the, some of the countries around, you realize that God is so much bigger than the God that I put in a box in my North American mindset, right? And um, the Bible's still true. The Bible's one hundred percent true, but our cultural lens that we look at it can often put God in as much of a box as our own experiences. And so we we learn more about God by experiencing Him, but also by learning from others and seeing through their lens of how they view God. And that that is, for me, a, a journey that I've been continually learning and realize that, as you said, he's an infinite, infinite God, that I will stop learning about God when he stops growing, which will never happen, or when he starts stops revealing himself, and that just won't happen. Right. So. Yeah. Like you said, you know, we put a cultural lens on. We also, you know, if my dad is abusive, I may put God as abusive. Um, If my mom left us, then I may attribute God as someone who leaves. You know, it is. It's it's perspective and, and experiences that we have with God or experiences that we have in life can help you take a step back and question, okay, how am I looking at God? Am I actually looking at him with my with my filtered glasses on? You're right. He's infinite and we can only of course we can only experience him through our experiences anyway. He's got to reveal himself more to us for us to to be able to take that step back. And that's the beauty of sharing each other's experiences, because we can actually correct some of it too, because we'll hear I remember there's a guy in Croatia, his name was Luca. And Luca was um talking about God and, and we openly talk about God there all the time. And as Luca was sharing with me, um, he's like, I, I believe in God, but God is like that mountain. It's so far away, so high. And he's pointing to this ridge behind us. And, he, and he's like, I'll never be able to get to the top of that mountain. I can never touch it. And he's like, that's what God's like. He's distant. He's far. He's never going to touch or impact my life. And in, in Croatia, there's these winds that come over the mountains and flow down and like they're crazy strong. And so I remember just thinking through that. I was like, you know, that's not my experience, Luca. Like the God I know isn't this distant God. He's a God that's more like the wind. I mean, he could blow you over and knock you over if he wanted to, and he will change your course. You can't walk against the wind in Croatia. It felt like it's possible. But um, like he, he will help guide you. But at the same time, he could also be a refreshing breeze that if you need it, he's there to to just comfort you and refresh you in those crazy hot days that we would get. And I was like, that God can be all that and more, but he's in here with us, moving around with us, all around us, not distant up in a mountain being disengaged. And again, that was his, like, he, he's never really experienced anything different. And until we do, we have this limited view of God based on our our. I guess, limited understanding because we're humans, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I've heard comics before who will say, oh, the God of the Old Testament is, you know, raging and in a bad mood and, you know, he smites people and all of this stuff. Um, But the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament, you know, and there was very specific reasons why he would do things. Um, And there was always lessons in it. But the, you know, the bottom line is God created us he loves us. He died for us. Um, and he's got that salvation opportunity for anyone who wants it. He wants to be a personal God. He wants to be your personal God. 
Yeah, I don't call you a different person on times that you're angry or times that you're happy, right? That doesn't mean that you're two different people. It just means there's different moments of your life that you are going to be angry or happy, right? And that's, we do see different perspectives of God in the Bible, but it's the same God who has multiple perspectives. (laughs) Right, and honestly, it's kind of a relief to hear of a God who experiences similar kind of emotions to what I do, you know, because he does it all and doesn't sin. I do it all and I sin. (laughs) But knowing that there is such a thing as a righteous anger or there is such a thing as a, a jealousy that is healthy, you know, God is jealous for us. There, there are positives to some of these emotions. It's, it's learning how to navigate all of that and, and learning from God how, you know, he does it all righteously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a big learning curve is that, yeah, anger is okay. I mean, we, put, we put emotions in a bad and good category, right? Mm-hmm. It's good to be happy and it's not to be angry. But, I mean, like you said, there is righteous anger. There's times that we're supposed to rise up and Absolutely. and be angry especially at like social injustices things like that i mean the god god was angry jesus was angry in different different times um but that's not a sin and just as it's actually inappropriate to be happy sometimes like, <laughs> yes. yes i <laughs> sometimes laughing at the person who just fell <laughs> is mean that's right uh, i'd only do it when i get nervous <laughs> but Yes, it's true. You know, not every time is appropriate for laughter. Not every time is appropriate for anger. But there is a time and a place for all of it. Mm-hmm. And just learning that from God is, like you said, this huge learning curve. Yeah, I don't have a Bible on me to, to read it. Um, but the Ecclesiastics verse, it, it, it's really nice. I mean, the Beatles made it popular with their song. but <laughs> The song was literally playing <laughs> in my head. <laughs> there is. There's a time to die. There's a time to live. There's a time to be happy, a time to be sad, a time to be angry. And there's time for all these things under heaven, right? And and um, it's not sin. And and again, that's it's fun. When you're directed by the Holy Spirit, there are times where you do things that you wouldn't expect. But if you're following the Holy Spirit's guidance, there's it, he'll bring you into weird spots all the time. So it's not a bad thing to try to like be in those awkward, weird, countercultural moments. But in general, by following the Holy Spirit and following God's guidance, you're just going to be uh, obeying him and giving him glory. Like that's that should happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of those countercultural things is when Jesus went in and threw over the tables, right? Everybody talks about that as a little temper tantrum. But no, it was purposeful and it was non-sinful because Jesus didn't sin. You know, so absolutely there's, you know, time, place, following the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you and show you how, you know, how to navigate these big feelings. But I think sometimes if we bury them or think that they're wrong or tell people that they're wrong, we're really doing more harm than we are good. Because if someone feels they can't express that anger, that's going to lead to a whole mess of problems down the road. Well, I think maybe that's kind of a good place to wrap up our wrap up our first one i agree okay <laughs> this is how we end it <laughs> this is how we end it as awkwardly <laughs> as we possibly can but honestly i i think that i think this is going to be a lot of fun i really hope people take advantage of sending in things that they'd love to hear us talk about um and we're going to do things like uh we're going to get with pastor victoria we're going to talk to her about um why there's changes happening a little bit on the platform at church, you know, maybe you've noticed that people are 
um, being led in prayer a little differently. Offering might have been moved. Um, maybe they're doing a few less songs in order to do the, the prayer a little bit more. Um, we're going to have a nice conversation with her, and she's going to fill us in on, on all things that. And, you know, we, you and I had a conversation where we're going to talk about the history of the Wesleyan Church. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun. So, I mean, from things happening on the platform to social issues happening out in the community to the history of Wesleyanism. I don't think that's a word. That's, I think I literally It just is made now that a word. You just wrote it into existence. <laughs> I just created Welcome to the history entire... of Wesleyanism. <laughs> so you can see that in that history lesson, I do not provide the history. <laughs> I am not here to give you the history of the Wesleyan Church, but Jason does a great job. So plan on uh, tuning in for some more podcasts. We'll keep reframe podcasts going in as we try to reframe some of the stuff that you might be here around, whether it's sermon times or even uh, some of the things that you're just assuming in regular life. Well, that's why we'll talk about the Holy Spirit and try to hopefully reframe from it, biblical scripture, and really try to bring to light some of those topics. Right. And maybe you've heard us say something today, like um, that you have an example of yourself. Maybe you've had a moment where God spoke to you very specifically and you heard it, or maybe you have a moment where he spoke to you, but it came after, which I, you know, I've had plenty of those as well, where something happens and then God a couple days later, or maybe later that day, depending upon the severity of what happens or the happiness of what happens, he speaks to me and lets me know what's happening. Um, if you've got examples of those, we would love to hear them. That's right. All that can be easily sent in to Pastor Jason at Framework.Church, and we'll make sure we get them to us. And if, with your permission, we may even read one or two from the stage here. Yes, if you're, willing to, if you're willing for us to read it, we would love it if you just put on that email that you are comfortable with it being shared. If you're not comfortable with your name being shared, that is also okay. Just let us know, and we will not read your name. We're not gonna exactly. We're not gonna be like <laughs> we know you don't want it, but we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> so, All right. So yeah. with that, I think we're out of wrap. I think so. This was a lot of fun. I it look was. forward to the next one. Okay. Let's do it next time. <laughs>